Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, this is Zach filling in as the host for this week as JC is a little under the weather, but he is still nice enough to join us. And as always, we have Armand along for the ride as well. Uh, this will be episode 71 dropping uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, December 7th. Uh, JC, I know you're not feeling too good, but uh, do you have anything you'd like to share with us before we get going today? Yeah, this is my version of the uh, MJ flu game, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> That's about it. We'll be talking about this podcast in about 20 years as one of the greatest performances of all time. Well, there's a segue. Jordan, Jordan, you know, there's a connection, so we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Armin, what about you? Anything you want to share? Oh, you know, I've just been busy with basketball, running around. Um, I'll, I'll take this time to do a quick plug. If you're in PA and you're looking to buy some coffee, my basketball team is doing our fundraiser through Dr. Java. So go stop in at Dr. Java and buy some of, uh, speaking of MJ Michael's secret stuff, uh, medium roast. <laughs> and uh, if you're more of the dark roast kind of guy, um, <clears throat> get the Labine James roast. Um, so yeah, look for the St. Mary basketball logo and uh, check it out. Support uh, some uh, youth sport. Great Christmas present. Now, now are those are those uh, like bags of beans or are those just, uh, I'm assuming since you said Christmas gifts, those would be bags of beans or of uh, grounds? Yeah, so you can buy ground or whole bean, and uh, yeah, either either dark or medium roast, and they do have a decaf whole bean available as well. You know if they deliver to Saskatoon, <laughs> I can deliver to Saskatoon for you, Sir Zach. If you just go to their website, or I have a QR code that I can uh, share with you for for that. Or well, I can't say, I can't say no to uh, the. Uh... Can't say no to the was it Labine? Le, Le, Labine James. <laughs> yeah, hard to say no to that one. Um, and for, as far as myself, uh, it's been super super miserable here lately in Saskatoon. The past two days of, rather the past five days, I guess, have just been murderers row in terms of uh, weather. Today it was like minus forty four with the wind chill. Uh, some of our students weren't coming today because the buses weren't running. So it's been a little bit of a slower pace on my end the past couple of days, but it's looking like the weather's going to take a turn here for the better. And things are looking a little bit warmer as we get ready for uh, week 14. Uh, before we get into insiders and headliners, uh, would like to look at the 22 fresh quick question of the week. Uh, this week's question is, who is this year's Amon Ross St. Brown or Rashad Penny? Uh, for those of you that don't know, both of those players late in last season uh, kind of became playoff heroes. Uh, I think they were likely on a lot of championship rosters as players that you may have picked up off the waiver wire either late in the year or you were stashing them all season and they they paid off big time in the, the final weeks of the fantasy playoffs. Jordan, do you want to share yours first? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I can share mine. And the reasons for sharing them is this guy's on a heater. I know you want to talk about him here in a little bit, Zach. But uh, the other than being kickstarting this a couple of weeks early, um, their, their reasonings for this breakout is pretty similar. And uh, the guy I'm going with is Christian Watson, wide receiver from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so if you look at Amonra's last year, his kickstart to fame was uh, a couple 10-pointers early in the year. Uh, but then he really got things going after the bye week. And in week 13 was when he really started getting things going. And I know Watson's been starting this train now for is this now his fourth week in a row. I think eight touchdowns in four weeks he's on. Uh, so he has started a little bit earlier than Amonra. Uh, but this, the, the reason for the, the pop-off is a similar reasoning. Um, lots of players injured, um, lack of production from guys to step up to the plate, um, and that rookie breakout later in the season. So uh, I'm looking at Christian Watson to be that guy. Uh, he's, he's already starting to prove it, so I don't know if that's kind of a cheat by taking him. As, like I mentioned, eight touchdowns in four weeks is a little bit ridiculous. But uh, I, see, I don't see that changing uh, by some of the matchups they have come moving forward here. I know they see Detroit in two weeks. Uh, that's going to be a, a shootout for well, my stretch of the imagination from two very poor defenses. But um, I, I like Christian Watson moving forward. And if you're lucky enough to draft him and stash him, or if you picked him off the waiver wires, I think he's going to lead you to a, a possible championship. Yeah, that's a move that I, um, I'm kicking myself for not making earlier in the year. After that first uh, two, two touchdown game, uh, I'm not able to remember who, who was against. I thought that might just be a, a mirage or kind of a, a blip on the radar that we don't see again. But he has certainly shown that he has the ability to back that up week in, week out. And whoever was lucky enough to get him in the off the waiver wire, they are certainly seeing the, the fruits of that uh, decision right now. Uh, Armin, would you like to share yours? Yeah, so... I I wanted to say Garrett Wilson, but it was kind of like Jordan where he felt like I was cheating by doing that. He's got juicy matchups coming up, but I'm going with uh, Rashad White as my guy that could uh, be be that guy that pops off at the late season here. And what I'm looking at here is that um, Tampa Bay is in a dogfight for, for a playoff spot. So they're fighting hard. They're going to be playing their their best guys and trying to win games here. And Rashad White is starting to look like the better back in that Tampa Bay backfield. Um, he's definitely a better pass catcher than than Leonard Fournette. And you saw him on that last drive. He was the guy that was in the game, not Fournette. He was the guy who scored the game when he touched down, not Fournette. And they they have San Fran here in the last regular season game of the of the fantasy season for for most people, but then in the playoff run you got Cincinnati, who is kind of a middling run defense, and then Arizona and Carolina, who are both uh, defenses that aren't very good against the run, and I I'm looking at that and I'm thinking. You know what, Rashad White could go off here for for a few games to to finish off the the fantasy season and even week eighteen if your your league goes that deep they got Atlanta to end the season in in week eighteen so um I I like Rashad White and his matchups and the fact that they're going to be trying to make a playoff push so they're not going to be resting their their best players they're going to be trying to play their best players in order to make the playoffs. I like where both of your heads are at because I thought of both Christian Watson and Garrett Wilson as my answers for this question. But like both of you mentioned, I thought that was 
almost cheating when you consider that Garrett Wilson is right now he's wide receiver 19 in half point PPR league. So wouldn't really be a late season surge as much as it was just like a, an entire successful rookie season. But it's interesting that both of those guys are, are rookie wide receivers. And I think that's just kind of becoming the norm um, as, as far as what to expect with, with rookie wide receivers. Of course, not every rookie wide receiver is going to hit like that, but even looking at last year, like Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, these rookie receivers are able to produce early on in their careers and, and help fantasy teams. Uh, for my answer, I went with Cam Akers. And this is somebody who's had one of the more interesting fantasy seasons in recent memory. He was running back 15, 16, 17, depending on the time of your draft and the website that you used. And to this point, he has considerably underperformed. Um, I've seen a lot of leagues that are redraft that you were able to get him off the waiver wires. And all season, he's been underwhelming. But this week, we saw week 13 finished his RB7 on the season or on the week, uh, finishing with two touchdowns. And if he is able to continue that success, Going forward, his playoff uh, lineup or his playoff opponents are quite juicy for fantasy owners. He'll be going against the Las Vegas Raiders, the Green Bay Packers, the Denver Broncos, and the LA Chargers. And among those, the Raiders, Packers, and Chargers are all statistically plus matchups according to Sleeper, uh, where they are in the bottom eight uh, against running backs on the season uh we've seen that henderson's been cut and kyron williams didn't get much run this week so it looks like it could be the cam Akers show right now the quarterback situation is very unsettled so they may be looking to just run the ball with acres keep the game uh as short as possible and just finish up this finish off the season so hopefully what i'm or what i'm hoping for is that Acres is able to produce more so on volume than on any type of high-scoring offense. He's just going to be the only uh, feature player in their offense. Uh, yeah, moving on. That, I read that one on the docket there, Zach. It's like kind of one of those where you scratch your head a little bit, and it's like, man, that fits the bill. Like Rashad Penny was a nobody coming into this part last year, and all of a sudden, it was like, oh, well, are you going to pick Penny up or not? And then if you snooze, you lose because you lost in a big way. So that one, I think that one fits the bill big time. Like, you looked at mine. Mine was the rookie wide receiver. Armin's the rookie RB. Yours is, like, the RB that everybody forgot about. So I think that fits the bill real well. Yeah, that does. I'm I'm not convinced, but uh, you know what? If that Ram offense starts catching fire, which we know they have in the past, it, it could hit big. But uh, – I just I've completely fallen off on on my faith in the Rams this year, but uh, you know what? You could be right, Zach. That's, that's what everybody said about you last year, Armin, with uh, Penny at the start of the year. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I I think uh, after Zach said that, I was like, ah, maybe I should just uh, do a little poke here and see if Acres is available in any league and pull the trigger because uh, I'm a little RB short in most of my leagues right now worth the worth the shot that's for sure yeah yeah at this point last year uh 
I'd say Amon Ra was probably on more benches than than Penny was. Uh, I think a lot of people may have had hope in the in the rookie receiver there in Detroit, but can't imagine many people who are holding out for a late season explosion from Rashad Penny. So no. anything's possible at this point. Moving on to insiders and headliners, we are looking at a week 14 with a number of bye weeks. Uh, these include the Falcons, the Packers, the Colts, the Saints, and the Commanders. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I find it absolutely maddening that the week before most fantasy leagues start the playoffs, a week that for some people is a must win, five teams are on a bye. And these aren't, you know, some of the teams like the Falcons, you may have one or two players that you you play, but the Packers, that's that's Rodgers, that's Jones. Uh, maybe if you're like a sadist, that's AJ Dillon. Uh, the Colts, that's uh, shoot, uh, that's like Pittman, the running back there. Definitely not Matt Ryan or anybody else. Uh, maybe Paris Campbell in deeper leagues. Saints, you look looking at Kamara, Alave, Taysom Hill. The, the Commanders would have the running backs, uh, McLaurin. Uh, maybe Logan Thomas, maybe Samuel, but there are certainly a number of players on all those teams that uh, players, fantasy managers have been counting on. So it's too bad that there's so many guys on by the the week before um, fantasy playoffs. Well, you mentioned even like the week before, like in our charity league, the EC4 there, whatever it's called, I always call it that because I think it's like actually five letter acronym, but uh, like our playoffs start this week. And there's some big names, like if you were, if you were like the Jonathan Taylor manager, like you're mentioning, Zach, you're going into your playoffs without your first overall pick. Like that's brutal. But I mean, that's yeah. also depends on your league formatting. But regardless, the fact that we went from two weeks ago, there were zero teams on by last week. I think there was two teams on by to five this week is just stupid. I think I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, it, it really sucks. Like luckily I'm for most of my leagues, I'm on the positive side of this, but like, if I was some managers, I'd be so maddening right now. In our staff league, there's a guy, he's sitting in seventh right now. Um, he, like, potentially could lose his playoff spot, but he likely won't. But I'm playing him, and he's got six guys on by, and we only have a bench of four. And he's, like, it's Claypool, Pittman, Patterson, Taylor, Landry, Algier. Like, he's got so many players on by that, I'm already projected 81% chance of winning and we haven't even played a game yet. Well, let's just, <laughs> let's just bring this back here a second. So six players probably takes up about 14 of uh, 14 spots. So 40% of his roster is super gross. How is this guy sitting in a playoff spot? Is the real question? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that sometimes the league doesn't, uh, doesn't do the, the greatest for guys. He's uh, one of the lower point getters in the league, but like I was, I think I was saying this last week. I don't know if I told it on the pod, but told it to you guys. The guy with the the second worst points for in the staff league right now is sitting in second place in the league just because of gross matchups. So crap happens. Yeah, there is somebody that could have possibly went uh, in a super flex league per se. Uh, Taylor, 
at like the 101, uh, Rogers at the 210, and then McLaurin at the 3-1. And now his third, first three picks are all on a bye. Like that's that's got to be gutting. Yeah, sure. Well, they could even like when Kamara, um, McLaurin, and and uh, Taylor, right? Like, yeah. Like, like all those guys would have been play. available in some type of order like that. Yeah. Uh, other insiders and headliners here from this past week, week thirteen, we were uh, the victims or rather a lot of players were the victims to injuries. And and now we are, as fantasy managers, left scrambling to try to fill a lot of uh, holes in our roster. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was knocked out early with a foot injury. Uh, the most recent update is that while it's not a season-ending injury, he will be out seven to eight weeks. So his fantasy season is done but it looks like he may be able to come back for the divisional round of the playoffs uh, at the earliest. Lamar Jackson has a PCL strain, and he is considered week-to-week. From what I read today, it is highly unlikely that he suits up this week, more likely next week or the following week. Uh, Kenneth Walker has an ankle injury, uh, something to monitor. They did sign Wayne Gallman to the practice squad, but uh, it's looking like hopefully Kenneth Walker will be able to suit up on Sunday and play the game. Matt Stafford was placed on IR with a spinal cord contusion. Uh, It is a season ender. And as a bit of a follow-up move, the Rams claimed Baker Mayfield off of of waivers today. What do you guys think about that uh, decision by the Rams to bring in Mayfield? Well, my hot take is looking extra cold. <laughs> I think like <laughs> over three on that cold take there. I'm on one for three maybe, but um, it's it's a head scratcher because I thought maybe a team like the 49ers or somebody that'd be in it that needs quarterback help would pick them up. I was also curious about like a team like Denver because you could pick them up for a pretty low investment to compete with Russell Wilson, seeing as you're going to need somebody to compete with Russell Wilson because he's Russell Wilson right now. Um, the 49ers or 49ers, sorry, the Rams just weren't a team I, I would have guessed signed because I like there's no way there's no way they make the playoffs. Um, so I think it's a bit of a head scratcher. You got a couple, I think you got a rookie and then a second year, third year quarterback. Play them, see what you got in them moving forward instead of bringing in Russ or bringing in sorry, um, bringing in Baker and seeing what you can do. So I think it's a bit of a head scratcher, but I guess um, if you need to roster a, a team, then do what you got to do. Cause I know they did lose another quarterback here in this past week, but um, I don't know what the injuries injury stack up is, but it, just from on paper, it's a bit of a head scratcher for me, but Armin, I don't know if you know, share the same opinion. Yeah, it is like out of playoff contention and like, you're just, I don't know. It seems like his best days are behind him, but maybe they really are worried about Stafford and they don't have the picks to replace him. So yeah. Thanks. Loving that. <laughs> I I actually think that it's a, a bit of a brilliant move uh, on their part. Like we're looking at Matt Stafford, who, yes, he did just re-sign a pretty substantial contract in the offseason, but he is getting a little bit older. Um, he is coming off a Super Bowl victory. Um, at this point in his career, he's made his money. He's won his championship. 
I don't know if there's a lot more for him to prove. And for him, you have to look at the state of the franchise that you're tied to. Like, it's hot garbage. It's not good. Um, so maybe he's kind of looking at, at Brady and what he's going through, what Rogers and what he's going through. And maybe he asks himself, do I really want to stay around here for two, three years? Get my tail beaten off all the while being on a losing team? Maybe not. And then, so he may hang him up. And if he would hang him up, say this offseason or even next offseason, the Rams aren't in the position to draft a quarterback early on. They would have been had they not traded that pick to the Lions. That like that pick would have been prime for them to pick like a CJ Stroud or maybe they fall in love with like a Will Levi. But now their earliest pick in this draft is in the second round. And that's that's going to be like a developmental quarterback, Richardson out of Florida, maybe, um, not somebody that's ready to go. So I think whether or not they draft a quarterback this year, Mayfield, if things pan out, he's going to be a really good bridge quarterback to get them to the 2024 draft where they could maybe then use their first round pick to invest in a franchise quarterback. Because especially if Stafford steps away, I don't think they're going to be in a position to compete. They'll be in the position where they're competing for the first overall draft choice. And if that's the case, they're going to need somebody to play quarterback and it might as well be Baker. Yeah, it's a good point. It's I just want to live in the world where Stafford doesn't walk away from football and keeps playing, so I'm going to live that one in denial, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> No, like, it's... Uh, at the, like, like I was saying, it was a head scratcher, but like as Zach was saying there, you start looking beneath it a little bit more, peeling away the layers. It's like it makes sense. It does actually make sense. And at the very least, it's it's just insurance in case Stafford does walk away, or if he's not ready to start the season next year. Because I don't think they want to walk into next season with like Bryce Perkin at the at the helm. <laughs> Um, this next injury really stung me uh, on a personal level and on a fantasy level. Uh, Jalen Waddle, ankle injury, um, missed most of that game. I think in the one league I had him, he ended up with negative 0.6 points. Um, right now, it looks like we just have to monitor it throughout the week. Um, right now, it doesn't look like he's in danger to miss the game, but things could change. And lastly, Traylon Burks took a very hard hit in the end zone, uh, immediately entered concussion protocol, and it seems like he is likely to miss this week. Uh, out of all those injuries, folks, which one do you guys think is going to be the most impactful for the fantasy playoffs? Armin, why don't you go first? Um, I'd say, like out of all the ones we've talked about, like in as a whole on insiders and headlines, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking that uh, that Jalen Waddle one, um, or Lamar Jackson. If if Lamar's out long term, that's gonna have the biggest impact. Um, and same with Jalen Waddle, it's whoever's out long term. But like you think about Lamar Jackson, that's really tough to replace. You could try and pick up Huntley, um, but uh. It's tough to replace a starting QB of that caliber in fantasy football. 
Um, but then you look at Jalen Waddle and what he's been doing this season. I mean, and then the impact of it's not only going to decrease your team's value, but uh, you should see Tyree kill then uh, maybe start uh, snapping up a lot more yards than he already has. He looks ridiculous right now. And if he's the only guy in town getting targets in the deep routes and the, like in that, that speed kind of idea, then I'd watch out for Hill exploding even more that that'd be a bit nerve wracking if you have to go against his manager then. And if Waddle's out, so that could be double edge right there. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with Lamar, but for opposite reasons of what Armin shared. Um, if you're in a single quarterback league, I think this is a blessing in disguise. If you're in a double quarterback league, it might be a little bit tougher to replace, but uh, I think Lamar Jackson has been a very difficult start. Uh, especially if you've owned them. I haven't owned them, so it's, I've been, haven't been privy to a lot of these these stats. But then if you look back at him, he's been a difficult start trading all or tracing all the way back to week four. Um, if you scratch week 12 would be his most recent uh, relevant game of 22 points, which I would say from a you know quarterback is very okay to a slightly above okay. Obviously, this last week, he got negative points uh, going down to the injury. You got 22 points, 12 points, 12 points, 18 points, 7 points, 12 points, 13 points, 11 points. Uh, very, very, very below average. And from that week four to the stretch, he'd be sitting at quarterback number. Where is he here? Got to keep scrolling. Got to keep scrolling. Number Quarterback 20 from week four on. Uh, so I think impact to your fantasy roster if you own Lamar Jackson it might be a blessing to skies that you can go pick up a Jared Goff or a Tua Tungvaluwa off of the waiver wires or heck even a even a Mike White and plug him into your roster it might be able to produce more than what uh, Lamar has been been offering you and I think Zach you're a guy that has Lamar in a couple of weeks so you might be able to share that similar sentiment yeah this this season hasn't been one where I've loved playing them every week but uh in the dynasty that the three of us are in, my quarterbacks this year have been Lamar, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, and Davis Mills. Um, obviously, Brissett's not starting anymore with uh, Watson back in Cleveland. So my two active quarterbacks were Lamar and Dalton. So when I heard the news, I, I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't overjoyed that I get to play Andy Dalton. But I went to go set my lineup for the week this morning, and I was like, oh, oh crap. Andy Dalton's on by. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> so now I'm scouring the waiver wire. I'm looking at guys like Kyle Allen in Houston. That way I for sure have the quarterback in Houston. Go pick up Looking Purdy. at like Brock Purdy <laughs> in San Fran. Like it's just, it's not pretty right now. Um, that is a bit of a deeper league, which lets you to, lets you roster more quarterbacks. But yeah, in a typical one QB redraft, it's not the end of the world. You have guys like Trevor Lawrence, if he's healthy, Kenny Pickett, Goff, uh, Mike, uh, Mike White, some of those guys that you could pick up and, and you could play for a few weeks until Lamar's back. Um, for me, though, I think the most impactful one, if he does miss any time, would for me, would be Kenneth Walker. Um, like we said, quarterback, you can find somebody to slot in and get, while not equal production, not, not terrible production. 
uh, wide receiver. There's lots of guys on the waiver wire, but running backs really thin. Uh, and that's why they seem to go early on in drafts and the waiver wire at this point in the season is super thin for running back. So uh, for the Kenneth Walker managers, if, if he's out for any length of time, it's going to be very difficult for them. I would assume for most of them to advance in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good point. Our running back position is always thin. So it's hard to get that, uh, get that bodies in there and, when you lose one down the stretch, that's kind of the demise to a lot of playoff caliber teams. It's hard to replace. That's uh, I definitely agree with you on that one. And maybe maybe we won't ask Aaron what he thinks about that one because I might be like ripping off a band-aid real quick. You know, yeah, he's gonna be back. It's gonna be a non-issue. So let's just uh, leave it at that. <laughs> sound like you sound like Neil Stafford there, Armin. <laughs> Put the blinder glasses on. Yeah, yeah. You know, he can't do anything wrong. <laughs> Wayne Gallman, oh, what a name to throw out there. Just saying that. Oh, Wayne Gallman for a few seasons was the bane to my existence. Let's he was that. like, he was like the Jamal Williams, uh, to my Saquon Barkley. Barkley would be having an okay game, and then I'd see the score on the bottom of the screen for the Giants change. Giants got a touchdown. I'm thinking, there it is. There's like the second Barkley Tutty on the day. And Wayne Gallman, one-yard rush. Like, <laughs> could you not just give it to Barkley? Like, all Gallman had to do <laughs> was fall forward to get the Tutty. Like, oh. give it to your give it to your stud back. What's his, name in, what's his name in New York that's starting to vulture Saquon's touches right now, too? He's been pissing me Breida. off. Yeah, Matt Breida. He can kick rocks, too. <laughs> yeah. So looking at our studs and duds from week 13, uh, Jordan, are you, are you ready to go for that one? Okay. So my stud of the week here, uh, my Homer pick of the week, we'll go with it too, but uh, not for the fact that he was the number four fantasy production of the week. Uh, number two of non-quarterbacks. Uh, I'm on St. Brown, obviously wide receiver from the Detroit Lions. We talked about him at the start of the show. And hopefully we can prime him up for another big playoff push here down the stretch. Um, not only a playoff push for fantasy managers, but uh, a fantasy or uh, sorry, a playoff push for the Detroit Lions as well too. As seemingly it's not out of grasp for them to make a, a late season push and and find a way into a wild card spot. So I'm on St. Brown, 29, 29.1 points, twelve targets, eleven receptions, one hundred fourteen yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the guy just keeps finding a way to get it done. And uh, if the Lions keep putting up six touchdowns or five touchdowns, whatever they put this week, uh, you know, Jamal Williams is probably going to steal two of them and then Monra stealing hopefully what's ever left over. So he's uh, he's finding a way to get it done. And hopefully with Jamison Williams here being healthy and get, finding his way into the lineup, we'll start taking the top off the uh, defense like we mentioned last episode. So something I'm looking forward to watch, not only as a fantasy manager, but obviously as a Detroit Lions fan as well too. So Monra St. Brown will be my stud of the week. Kind of going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier about the the Rams and the draft pick situation. What, what are your thoughts there on the future of the quarterback position in Detroit? Yeah, they're in a pickle. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously if he makes a late push and they make the playoffs, uh, it's going to be tough to to draft a quarterback and um, and move forward with that quarterback. But it, that being said, too, uh, if I'm not mistaken, after this year, there's only one year remaining left on Jared Goff's deal, if I'm not mistaken. So it might be a situation where, you know, you drop the queue, 
you sit him for a year like a Mahomes, and if Goff does well, hopefully take you to the playoffs again. But if he does bad, then you go into that quarterback transition. But from what I've been watching and from a lot of Detroit Lions group chats, uh, there's some very good defensive players. And in a, in a I couldn't say weaker, but a more limited defensive player draft in comparison to years previous because there's so many really good offensive players coming in this draft. Um, there's some really good defensive players that will help bolster that offense or bolster defense. So when you look at Detroit Lions offense, they've been the number one or the top five uh producing offenses in the NFL all season, but the worst defense or one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So is it, you know, it's the chicken or the egg here. Uh, is it that they've got a good offense because they have a bad defense. Uh, if you make the defense better, then is there, are these going to be in these low, low hanging fruit shootout games? There's also something to be said about Lamar Jackson becoming a free agent. And at the start of the year, he was talking about really wanting to Detroit was a team that he would consider going towards. I think they have a lot of offensive weapons that'd be really enticing for Lamar to go there. So if that was the case, then you bring Lamar on and uh, and hopefully you could dish golf off to a deal after a good season. Then you could use that draft capital just to make your team better. That's best case scenario. Uh, that's more filed in the unlikely category. But uh, yeah, I was going to say you're dreaming, Jordan. <laughs> hey, the worst thing Baltimore did before the season was not sign him long-term. Because uh, now there's a lot of uncertainty in there. They're going to have to start bagging at the feet of Lamar. So they, they could lose Lamar for next to nothing. So, hey, crazier things have happened. But long story short, I think um, it, it might be a lose-lose situation for the Lions because, the, like I said, it comes down to the chicken or the egg. They could draft a, a linebacker and all of a sudden Goff stinks and doesn't get over the hump and they're like, well, I need to take a cue. Or they could take a cue and Goff is a stud and then they got a you know Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation going on. So I think it's a lose-lose. It would have been easier if the Lions were either really good or really bad. Now they're kind of stuck in that middle ground. Um, but time will tell on this one. So I could also see in a situation where they trade back to a team that really needs that pick and get more draft capital and do a kind of a Philadelphia Eagle style thing. But this is a, a long round for me to saying, uh, I don't know, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for trying. Um, I think with that Lamar Jackson idea there, there's the Lions and probably – 28 other fan bases that would gladly pick him up and dump whoever their quarterback is. I think the only teams that for sure wouldn't do it would be in my estimation, at least the the chiefs and the bills, maybe the, maybe the Eagles right now, but yeah. I can't think of many other teams that wouldn't at least flinch at the idea of doing that. Uh, Armand, I, I, I like what you have here. I like your guy that you picked. He's been, it's been helping my one league quite a bit the past few weeks. Yeah, you know, after a slow start to the season, he has now become, I think, the wide receiver one um, in fantasy because he's been scoring touchdowns and getting so many yards. And that's uh, Devontae Adams is my stud of the week. Um, he had 177 yards on eight catches and two touchdowns this week helping uh, Las Vegas get a much-needed victory and keep uh, their slim playoff hopes alive, I believe. So Devontae Adams being clutch when it's needed most and showing that he is clicking with Derek Carr now. Yeah, they're, they're yeah he's been doing a spot there. There's that log jam of five and seven, six and six teams uh, chasing after the New York Jets, seven and five. They're kind of a similar situation. Lots of chasing happening there. So Adams has been doing God's work for my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> this week, I, I overthought it and I started Jamichael Hasty at running back. I 
I had uh, Waddle, and they both put up like a combined like goose egg essentially, and needed this one to secure the first round buy. And Adams came in, and he basically scored enough for all three of them to just have sure. an average week. So I was very happy to see that. My stud this week was Christian Watson. Uh, for everything that Jordan said before, uh, Christian Watson has been on an absolute heater as of late. He put up 22.9 half-point fantasy points. Uh, this week, he, had, he was three for six, uh, 48 yards, one touchdown through the air. But then he had one rush where he was able to get 46 yards and the touchdown on the ground to really boost that uh, stat line for him. This will be, I think, fascinating going forward uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Lots of discussions about Rodgers and his future, and it'll be interesting to see what, what that means for Watson going forward, if they stick with Rodgers, or if they decide to see what they have in Jordan Love, and then potentially his season kind of goes down the tank with the, the change of quarterback. Uh, Jordan, this is somebody that I don't love to see on the dud column, but I certainly understand why. Yeah, Cortland Sutton. I'll keep this one short and sweet because uh, that's about the, the extent of his fantasy line. Um, zero catches for 0, 0.0 yards. Uh, that's not going to cut it, in, especially in this matchup when you looked at it and you're like, hmm, you know what? Um, I need somebody to put up some fantasy points for me. Uh, you looked at... Courtland Sutton as a whole, who's somebody we were real excited about last, or sorry, coming into the season. Um, he was a guy that I think most people had high on their draft boards, um, myself including. And then you looked at, okay, well, Green Bay, um, sorry, uh, uh, Baltimore, sorry, a team that's a pretty good defense, we need to put some points up. Um, and I guess both sides of that game really disappointed, 10-9 final. Uh, so Courtland Sutton, stinky. Had a real bad week. I uh, was having a real bad season and a lot of that to blame from uh, Russell Wilson. It's funny because we were joking about it that this is the best quarterback Courtland Sutton's ever uh, played with. And I think we might have misspoken at the start of the season. So, uh, like I said, short and sweet, Courtland Sutton, real bad week. Uh, Armand, as a RB enthusiast, I'm sure you'll have lots to say about your guy. Yeah. Um, I almost put Sutton in here because he had a real bad week, but then I said, I've talked enough about the Denver offense this year. I'm sick of it. I'm done. I'm done with them. Um, Derek Henry is my dud of the week, and you know what? Every once in a while, a guy's got to have a bad week. Um, he only put up 4.8 half-point uh, points, and he rushed the ball 11 times to 30 yards, caught two passes for eight yards. Um, it was against Philly. They're a good team. They're playing from behind in Tennessee there against uh, against a really good team. It was just it was one of those weeks where, you know, Derrick Henry's just not gonna have the success he normally does. Now, with that said, expect a bounce back coming here against Jacksonville. And then he's got the Chargers and then he's got Houston um, to to lead you into the fantasy playoffs against Dallas. So um, I'd say you don't panic with Derrick Henry and owners probably aren't, but he's, he's going to lead you to the promised land here in the next few weeks. And, uh, 
the the toughest matchup will be in the final. So hopefully you at least got someone some sort of backup plan for the the final game. Zach, your yours hurts my soul. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Yeah, this one's pretty interesting. Um. Oh. My dud of the week is Travis Kelsey, who put up for him a very underperforming 7.6 points, six targets, four receptions, 56 yards. Um, for most tight ends this season, that would that would be pretty good. Like if you started Cole Komet and he got you 7-6, probably pretty happy. Uh, you start Foster Merle, you're and you get you 7.6, you're probably pretty pleased with yourself. You're probably patting yourself on the back for making a, a smart decision. But that is unheard of for Travis Kelsey. And I think this, for me at least, this really highlights the the importance of a different ma- difference maker at that tight end position. Because for him to get 7.6, you're like, oh my gosh, he must have fumbled the ball all four times that he touched it to get that kind of stat line. Like, it must have been brutal for him to get that kind of stat line. Whereas his counterparts, that's that's just a good week. So I think this, more than anything, for me at least, highlights the importance of having a dominant one, two, three tight end. Yeah, we I think we had a pretty good discussion on that last week, too. So it's, it's – uh, anyway, I think we talked about how Travis Kelsey is that difference maker and he does this, so – Maybe we jinxed him a little bit, but I don't know. <laughs> He's such an important piece to so many teams. And I was fortunate enough to have, like, he had zero points at halftime. Like that was a head scratcher, but um, he's, he's a difference maker and hopefully shakes this one off as people can get some confidence coming down the stretch here for playoffs. All right. Now this is the part of the podcast where we look ahead to next week, uh, week 14 as we said earlier, this is the last week before most leagues start their playoffs. And for some of us, this will be a win and you're in scenario or a lose. And uh, you'll be starting your draft prep early for next season. So, Armand, I know for me, this is a very important decision that I have to make. So I am looking forward to your full stream ahead at quarterback. All right, uh, my full stream ahead this week. I'm given two options again. Kind of been my mo this season to give two options. Um, the reason for this one is one of the QBs is a backup, and you don't know if his uh, starter's actually playing. But we've seen Tyler Huntley um, come in and play that uh, that starting role when Lamar Jackson's been injured last year. And he he excelled. He showed that he can rush the ball, that he can throw the ball. He's pretty much Lamar Jackson light. And uh, hopefully with a, a full week prep against a Pittsburgh defense that's not as good as they have been in the past, that Tyler Huntley will be able to put up a big week against them. So uh, let's look forward to a fresh and healthy mobile QB with Baltimore against the Pitt. Pittsburgh uh, defense. If Lamar Jackson is in and Huntley isn't available, or Hunt and Huntley isn't actually starting, go with Derek Carr. Okay, he's uh, he's a little less available than Huntley right now. Huntley's available in like ninety five plus percent of leagues. Um, Derek Carr is available in about forty five percent of leagues. 
So uh, he's playing the LA Rams this week. He's showing that uh, connection with uh, Devontae Adams more and more. And the Rams are are not what they used to be, but uh, um, they they should at least provide a little bit of a spark that Derek Carr has to put up a few more points and than he would uh, against some other lesser teams in order to get the win. So um, looking for for Derek Carr to to give me some good fantasy points. I like your uh, Huntley one. That was going to be my start of the week if you didn't put him as your streaming quarterback of the week. So, <laughs> yeah. Tip of the cap. Yeah, you know, like. Um, even right now with Lamar Jackson being a little nicked up, if he was good to play this week, I think if I was Baltimore, I would let him get that rest, get his knee fixed up a little bit better and start that fresh guy. That's Lamar Jackson. Like, cause come Sunday, Tyler Huntley might actually be the better QB, um, on the roster if Lamar Jackson isn't a hundred percent. Yeah, this, uh, this week and any weeks going forward where Lamar Jackson is out could literally be life-changing for, for Tyler Huntley. So I would look for him to show out in any opportunities that he gets uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he is a free agent for this season. And with what he did last season when Lamar was hurt, and what he could possibly do this season um, as the starter, that could set him up for one of those really odd, uh, unknown quarterback contracts where a team doesn't know a whole lot about him, but they see that potential. They've seen what he's done in brief stints as a starter, and they offer him a lot of money on the free agent market to be their new starting quarterback. Lots so, that need cues. Tyler Huntley could make a lot of money for himself uh, over the next several weeks if he has that opportunity. Like, think about uh, was it Matt Flynn, I believe, uh, backup quarterback for the Packers a number of years ago, played well in a few spot starts, hit the free agent market, and the Seahawks gave him like a pretty sizable contract. And then it just so happened that a few months later, they end up drafting uh, Russell Wilson and he, he, he stole that job from Flynn pretty quick, but that's the kind of scenario where if Huntley hits it big and plays really well, a team could give him a lot of money. This is a deja vu. I think we had this exact conversation last year when Tyler Huntley stepped into that spot. The only thing was he was a restricted free agent. So Everybody knew what was going to happen. Where this time, it's there's a little bit more uh, uncertainty, I think, around it. Absolutely. Um, so, Jordan, how about you start with your start of the week, please? Yeah, so I'm going to talk about Tyler Lockett, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, they're playing against Carolina, which is a middling defense against wide receivers. Um, if you look at some of their games, they've been in these low scoring kind of who's going to score first takes the game. Uh, but when you look at some of those games, they're looking against offenses like Denver Broncos and Las Vegas Raiders, those types of offenses. Uh, not, uh, it sounds ironic to say high powering offense like the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and Tyler Lockett's having a really, really good stretch here uh, down the last couple of weeks. I'm just going to pull up his stats. 
And uh, he's actually one of the wide receivers that's been kind of sneaky to play. And I, I was looking at some hot takes from some other podcasts, um, Instagram, Twitter type stuff. And one of the ones was that Tyler Lockett was going to have this huge monster week this week. Um, and, and he did. In week 12, he had 14.3 points. And in week 13, he had 23.3 points. Uh, he had one touchdown, 128 yards, and he had nine receptions. So a really, really good week for Tyler Lockett against a somewhat beat up Rams defense that turned into a pretty big shootout. Um, so I would continue to play Tyler Lockett, especially with the question marks around the Seattle run game with uh, Kenneth Walker possibly missing some time. They might need to air the ball a little bit more. Uh, so that might mean really good things for not only Tyler Lockett, but also DK Metcalf as well, too. So I'm going to keep riding the hot hand of Tyler Lockett and place him into my fantasy lineups. Yeah, what a revelation uh, Geno Smith has been this season for the Seahawks. It is outstanding, I, I think, to look at his, like, late career <laughs> resurgence after what he did in New York and then what he did uh, for the past several years, bouncing around as a backup. He's also a quarterback that is going into a free agent uh, off season where he could be looking at getting a short term, but still I think sizable contract from either the Seahawks or another franchise. I saw a tweet and it said something along the lines of that either he tied the franchise record or is one game away from tying the franchise record of Russell Wilson's 100 yard passing games, in one <laughs> season, which is like so ironic in, you know, the, the let Russ cook air off season era, whatever you want to talk about, we just had. And now, <laughs> you know, Smith is stepping into those boots and, 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 and probably going to surpass the, the Russell Wilson franchise record is just super ironic. And he like you guys realize he's, I think, QB six on the season, six or seven, depending on your format. Like he has been a good fantasy asset actually this year as being like a guy you could have picked up way late in drafts, like near the, like maybe even undrafted and to be able to start him this season and, and get good value for him. That when we talk about our end of season awards here, he could be in contention for, for some awards like, he he has been pretty valuable actually he was a throw-in in one of my mid-season trades in one of my dynasty leagues and now i'm just kind of chuckling to myself that i got him as a throw-in at qb6 on the season yeah it's hard to believe yeah to get a top 10 quarterback off the waiver wire that is that's stealing especially in two qb leagues that's as long as you did a good job drafting, that's got to be like season altering uh, because you just picked up like another first or second round pick right off the waiver wire. Yeah. And you've had that production for most of the season. So uh, kudos to whoever picked him up in the super flex that you and I are in, uh, Jordan. Yeah, I, I don't even know, but whoever it is, yeah, good on you. Maybe we'll try and find it here while you guys are talking about uh, Yeah. Armand, go ahead and tell us about who you're starting this week. All right. I am starting, if you got them, either of the Miami RBs. I know it might be tempting to sit them, especially after the week they just had. But uh, they're playing the LA Chargers, um, which might seem spicy at first, but you look closer. And they're not actually a great run defense team. And Miami just had an off game against Cleveland where it just, like 
no nobody really scored any touchdowns offensively like it was all defense and and special teams so um you got to think that this week the Miami Dolphins they bounce back they find their their offense again and it's it's centered around the run that's the way it's been centered around the run and then the accuracy of of Tua in the in the middling and short game and uh hopefully they find it again and we get lots of opportunities for both Mostert and Wilson to run all over this Chargers defense which isn't very good and especially if Waddle's out too you got to think they're gonna start leaning on the run a little bit more as well this can certainly oh sorry guys Zach this could certainly be a really good week for or for one of them or or potentially both of them. Uh, Armin, you just mentioned uh, Jalen Waddle's injury uh, may not be too serious, but he still might be affected. And then Tua was also banged up a little bit in that game as well. And if there's any lingering issues with that, they might look to run the ball more than they have in the past. And that could really pay dividends to one or both of those guys. Yeah that that's very true and like i was saying like people don't really realize it with like the hype that their passing game has had this year with waddle and hill and tua but they they are a run team like you look at the amount of carries that they give their rbs and like they have two rbs for a reason and especially in the red zone yeah especially in the red zone yeah and if if they uh if they are in positive game script you you definitely know that positive or neutral that you definitely know that they're they're gonna give those RBs their fair share of of runs and and even targets in the pass game. The answer to your previously asked question, Zach, was John Germs, who is currently first place in our league. So really, really yeah. adds to your argument there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, John, good for you. Uh, this week, kind of like uh, what Armin mentioned, I am looking at starting. If you have either of them, uh, the Dallas Cowboy running backs against the Houston Texans. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Zeke and Tony Pollard. The Texans are currently dead last in rush yards per game on defense. Um, the Cowboys figure to be in a position to run out the clock for most of the second half, I would assume. And we've seen over the past number of weeks that both Dallas running backs can produce high numbers uh, despite sharing touches between the two of them. So I would look for both running backs to be in a position to score plenty of points. Uh, Jordan, tell us about why you are sitting old man Jones. This might be just because of recency burns. Uh, I was trying to hit a nice little parlay with uh, with on um, the Monday nighter um, as I was in and out of sleep from being sick. Um, but Julio Jones has been a, I don't know, he's been a head scratcher. If you look at his statistics, he's kind of a touch, very touchdown dependent. And last night he was the one play I happened to see, just about missed a 65-yard bomb touchdown from Brady. It was about a yard and a half too far from him. Um, so he's a guy that you can't really trust in your lineup. Um, and you look at some of the box scores or you look at some of the fantasy scores and you're like, oh, you know what, this guy I think I could probably play because – um, he's getting 11 points. He's getting 10 points. He's getting whatever many points, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and when you look at those, it's the touchdowns and that's concerning in this matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I would argue that Miami is one of the more explosive offenses in the NFL. Um, especially with the dynamic duo they have with Waddle and Tyree Hill. Losing Waddle didn't help, 
but that 49ers defense really shut down uh, the Miami offense. And if you're looking at old man Tom Brady and the the really, really odd like uh, head-scratching offense they've put forward in these very, very low-scoring, um, like 15, 14, 9, like these weird games where one touchdown wins you a game. Um, it's just not what I'm expecting Julio Jones to step up and have a big game, especially against a premier defense. So Julio Jones is a guy that you might have had on your bench. Unfortunately, probably been a bench clogger for you most of the season, battling injuries and just not producing to the extent we were hoping for. But this is not a matchup where I'm looking to add him as this this uh, swing for the fences is more likely a swing and a miss here. So Julio Jones is going to be sitting on my bench. Yeah, I think at this point in his career, both fantasy and in reality, uh, Julio Jones's name brings more value than his on-the-field production. Um, that's not to say that he's not like a fantastic leader or maybe a really good locker room guy, but um, I would imagine the the end is near for him. Uh, Armand. Tell me why you are starting my guy, Damien, or sorry, why you're sitting my guy, Damien Pierce. All right. Before I do that, first, I got to apologize. I was mistaken with who Miami played last week for my st- for my starts. They played the 49ers, which is a really tough defense. So that's why Mostert and Wilson had a tough week. It wasn't Cleveland. It was the 49ers, which makes it sound even better to start him against the weak Chargers. Just helps your argument. <laughs> yeah, it, it helps my argument even more. Sorry about that, everyone listening. I uh, I made a little mistake there. Um, my, my sit of the week, like you said, is Damian Pierce. I'm here to tell you, you know, he, he looked nice and shiny and new, but uh, he he hasn't actually been that great in the last few weeks. He's been on a bit of a decline here. He he was RB21 last week and then RB55 two weeks ago and RB46 three weeks ago. And uh, and he hasn't really cracked the top 10 RB since week four. Um, so he's, he's playing against Dallas this week. You just talked about how Dallas is going to be running out the clock with their RBs because they're going to have a lead. So first off, that puts Houston in negative game script where they're not going to be running the ball very much when they get the ball. And then secondly, because Dallas will be probably playing with a lead and trying to milk the clock, they just won't get as many plays in as they normally would. Um, So I'm looking at this Houston matchup and this Houston RB saying, this ain't the week, my son. (laughs) Damian Pierce was one of the reasons why I ended up starting Michael Hasty this uh, this week, um, with Najee being a bit of a game time decision. I thought I'm not going to start Harris. I've been starting Pierce uh, most of the season to this point, but like you just mentioned, he's been putting up some real stinkers. So I was left to decide between Cam Makers, who's been just putrid all season. Uh, Zonovan Knight, the running back for the Jets, who I picked up off of waivers, or Jamichael Hasty, who I picked up off of waivers. And I thought Hasty going in maybe for Etienne, coming off an injury similar to the one that made him miss or yeah, miss all of last year. 
uh, showed really good pass catching chops the previous uh, week. Let's go with Hasty. And he rewarded me with a goose egg. So only had myself to blame for overthinking. Had I started Acres, Knight, or um, Peters, I would have had at least 10 points out of any of those three. So even if I would have started Harris, I would have been fine. But went with Hasty and made the worst decision of them all. <laughs> One may say I made a hasty decision. Uh, <laughs> you sound like a dad there. Um, <laughs> I do want to point out, though, after this sit, sit this week for Pierce, you're probably game on to to start him the week after because he's got a weak KC defense, and then he plays Jacksonville in the fantasy P- Super Bowl. Um, so he, he's got a few good weeks here where he could help you in your fantasy lineups, but you, I think you just got to look at that Houston offense and and make the right decision every week. Yeah, right now they're rolling Kyle Allen at QB, so even they're not making the right decision about their offense, so it's tough to count on them. I mean, you're starting uh, quarterback there, Zach. <laughs> yeah, you might be my starting Q this week in, in one dynasty league. Good God. Um, this week, I am... Not that I have him, but if I did have him, I'd be thinking about sitting James Conner against the Patriots defense. New England is a top 10 team in rush defense. And over the past three weeks, they've been a top six rushing defense. Um, out of James Conner's nine games that he's been active for this season, he has only been a top 24 running back four times while scoring all five of his TDs in those games, those top four games. So with Connor, it's either boom or bust. And while two weeks ago, he did have his best game of the season uh, this week going against new England, who I think they're licking their chops a little bit. They're taking uh, two losses in a row against, um, against Minnesota and against Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo kind of ran all over them a little bit. And Buffalo also passed all over them too. So I think that defense has a little bit to prove here. And I wouldn't be shocked if they they held James Conner to a pretty poor week this week. Um, that's it for starts and sits for week 14. Uh, moving on to Wellesley's wagers. Uh, Wellesley is not with us this week, but sounds like he had himself a very successful week uh, in week 13. Uh, Thursday, he went 3-0. and He must have bet against the Patriots a lot because that makes sense. Uh, on Sunday, he was 1-1-1. One, one one. Uh, I believe it was a tie, and then that was a push. So only one uh, outright loss. So on the week, overall record 4-1-1. One bringing his season average to just over 50%. So look for Wellesley's week four picks on social media throughout the course of the week, please. Uh, Before we end it for the day, folks, uh, fellas, do you have any last uh, insights that you guys want to add to the pod? Hey, don't quit managing. You never know what's going to happen here. We're in the last week before the, the playoffs. So for some people, this is a playoff game. I know in, in two of my leagues, I'm I'm winner go home. So 
let's uh let's strap in and let's play hard guys for this last week and get into the playoffs because you never know what's going to happen keep your chin up just keep managing hard and you never know yeah i similar sentiment of armin said like in our in our big league like my league like the main league that all three of us are in there is four playoff spots or two playoff spots up for grabs for four teams zach's battling for the bye if he wins and the other guy loses he gets the bye uh there's so in, the, in these matchups, there's five total matchups and four of those matchups are going to decide a playoff spot. So it's, it's, it's exciting times. Uh, I know myself, I'm in several leagues where I'm either like, just a, like, I need, I need to win and somebody else to lose. Or if I win, I'm in, if I, if, uh, you know, like, or a lot of different scenarios like that. So it's a fun time for fantasy managers, obviously have fun, enjoy it. Even if you get knocked out of fantasy playoffs, um, don't sweat it. We got a lot of fun still coming on the pod here. I know we do our uh, DFS lineups and stuff like that down the stretch. I know I think we did that for NFL playoffs, but um, we'll see what we can get out there for you folks. I know if, even if you're out of it, uh, something I like to do is put a little money on the line of those games. So if, those, if I run out of, hopefully don't run out of gas here in the first couple weeks of fantasy season or fantasy playoffs, but a little putting a little money on the line is uh, is just as fun as well too. So uh, that's all I got here, Zach. Anything for yourself? Uh, not not really. Uh, Armin, where are you off to this weekend? Yorkton, Yorkton Regional. Hoping to right on. Get up and uh, kick some butt. Bye, make call. sure you hit up. Make sure you hit up the corner store right across the road from Regional. Uh, don't know what it's called, but they have the best like in-house sandwiches you will ever taste uh yorkton been there a number of times and that might be my favorite part about that city <laughs> yeah oh also guys if if you live in saskatchewan right now we're going through a huge cold snap stay safe out there make sure when you're traveling you got uh you got your phone fully charged just in case you need to call for help let's let's get through this cold snap together and and safe and and if you're on the highway and you see someone stranded, be a good neighborly person. Help them out if you can. Well, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun hosting this one. I cannot wait for you to come back, though, Jordan. Uh, this was a lot more stress than I thought it was, so please come back <laughs> next week. And as uh, Jordan always says, uh, talk soon. Thanks very much.